It seems like the Hornets have lost their offensive magic without LaMelo Ball, and now they just straight lose to the magic. I'll have a recap edition of Locked On Hornets ahead. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. We As promised, it is a recap edition of the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every day. We are free. We're daily wherever you get podcasts, including on YouTube. I'm Doug Branson. You can get more of my Hornets thoughts, including in-depth game notes on every single game this season on my Substack, every Hornets box score at everyhornetsboxscore.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Doug Branson, L-O-H. I'm usually joined by Walker Mail uh, on The Daily Show, uh, but he is taking the night off. So here I am to recap a game against the Orlando Magic, the team that sits right above them in the Eastern Conference, and the Hornets lose this game 117-106 is your final score. So I think how I want to do this recap the game, kind of give you the biggest takeaways from the game, and then talk about the performance of some of the guys that you actually want to hear about, right? The young guys. We're talking about Kai Jones getting big minutes in this game, Bryce McGowan's getting 15 minutes in this game, and of course, Mark Williams, 27 minutes in this game. How did all of them do? I will get to that as we go through the show. And then finally, we do uh, a segment every Friday called What Did We Learn?, and I will tell you what I learned from this week of Hornets basketball. But first, let's get to this game against the Orlando Magic. So a little bit of a rough start for the Charlotte Hornets. They were turning the basketball over early and often in this game, and had it not been for the Orlando Magic's own sloppy play, I think the Hornets could have been down big even in the first quarter, but they in that first quarter only down 31-26. to 26. So this game was in reach. Uh, but all of the trends that you saw in the first quarter – including the turnovers, but also add in second chance points for Orlando. That's always been a problem uh, with Orlando this season. They've got a lot of size that, and a lot of physicality and a lot of energy that really bothers has bothered the Hornets multiple times this season, and it creeps up again. You know, one of the things that we've seen, or at least I've seen, without LaMelo Ball, most of the time this team plays with energy and effort. It hasn't really been a problem except for some select points during the season. But I thought effort and intensity really a problem, especially in the starting lineup in this one. Uh, they were losing the battle of the boards. There were so many opportunities for the Magic in terms of second chance points. Wendell Carter Jr. was a big part of that. He finished with 12 points. I'm going to venture to say that most of those were on second chance opportunities. That's where he was doing most of the damage he ran into some foul trouble in this game, kind of took him out of his rhythm. Otherwise, I thought I thought he was due for a big game. But it was Paolo Bancaro, the big story for Orlando. 31 points on 26 shots, 5 assists, 6 rebounds. There were moments in this game where the Hornets just simply could not guard him. They, they couldn't guard him one-on-one. They tried to throw some doubles at him, and, and Bancaro was able to make good plays out of it. There was one point in the third quarter where he scored 10 straight for Orlando. He, I mean, he really carried this team. And the guy uh, for the Hornets that was carrying that team, Kelly Oubre Jr., who turned in a much more efficient game than he did on Wednesday against the Suns, he finished this one with 29 points, 
10 rebounds on 10 of 19 shooting. I thought, honestly, I thought Kelly, you know, look, you can take some issues with the fouls maybe. He had three turnovers, but look, so did Mark Williams. Gordon Hayward had five turnovers. Terry Rozier had six turnovers in a much less efficient shooting night. Key mistakes in the fourth quarter at the end of the game as they made their run. Uh, you know, Terry Rozier, I, I thought, kind of just a little bit of an okay game, but Kelly Oubre, fantastic game. Uh, and, you know, he look, he he has to step it up, you know, while LaMelo's out. If this team has any chance of winning any of these remaining games without LaMelo, it's going to be because Kelly Oubre was one of the players that had a good night. But the big sort of central problem for the Hornets is that they need multiple guys to step up and they really need at least one player off the bench to play well. And that would be Kelly Oubre, I think, if P.J. Washington were back in the lineup. We did get an update on that. Steve Clifford saying to expect Kelly Oubre back during their upcoming road trip, a three-game roadie that they've got coming up next week, but probably not until the back end of that road trip. Uh, I think they do two in New York. Uh, And so I think after those two in New York, expect P.J. Washington back. But until then, you know, I think the big story from this game is that the bench was atrocious, honestly. I mean, offensively, they just can't be depended on. Nick Richards, solid game, seven points, three of four shooting, four, but only four rebounds. Rebounding was a big issue in this game. Dennis Smith Jr., three of eight from the field, 10 points. But, I mean, you know, his on-ball defense, his ability to steal the basketball, he had six uh, six assists in this game, two steals. Um, you know, I think there's some things in terms of, look, if you're looking for effort, if you're looking for intensity, if you're looking for physicality, those are all things that Dennis Smith Jr. gives this team. And I thought he did in this game as well. Did have a few, I think, sort of key mistakes. They weren't necessarily turnovers, but they were passes that really weren't going anywhere. And, you know, so look, but everybody had those. I, I think where the bench really was weak, and we'll get into this more in the second uh, segment was Kai Jones, one of three from the field, only two points. Bryce McGowan's 0 of three from the field, one point. The bright spot on the bench was ac- actually someone that Clifford hasn't called his number in a while, Sfima Luke, the player that you'll remember comes over at the trade deadline in the deal that sent uh, Jalen McDaniels away. Sfima Luke, uh, only three points, but two assists in the few minutes that he did get. And honestly, he just like made good passes, made good reads, had a couple of good defensive possessions. I mean, those are the kind of things that the Hornets are really looking for. Just can you string together on both ends of the floor a couple of possessions where you're not doing something, you don't necessarily have to do something amazing, but you're not doing things that actively hurt the team. And, And this game really highlighted that. They needed more players to come in and play, you know, play with purpose and protect the basketball like Svi Makai Luke did. Uh, you know, yeah, at the at the end of the game, you know, as they made their run in the fourth quarter, he got a little too carried away on a transition opportunity, got under the basket a little too far, missed the shot. You know, look, you live by the Svi, you die by the Svi. You know, they shouldn't have been living by the Svi. But look, he was a plus 10 in this game. When he was on the floor, the Hornets were playing a lot better. I mentioned that fourth quarter run. Boy, did they try to get back into this game in the fourth quarter. It was crazy. I mean, they were down by 22 at one point in the third quarter. And, uh, you know, from the jump in the fourth quarter, they were ready to make a comeback. Somehow, with 10-12 left in the fourth quarter, the Hornets were already in the bonus. I, it's crazy. Like, I don't know if I've seen that 
in, in quite a long time. Uh, and I think they missed a ton of shots at the rim early on, but they were still in the bonus. And they were able to take advantage. You know, again, down 20 at that point. Uh, DSJ leads them back. Sfee, you know, nice block out. Gets it up the floor on point to Richards over the Magic defense. Richards, nice footwork to catch and spin the uh, on the run and one. Then Sfee draws an offensive foul on Suggs. Again, back-to-back plays where Sfee was making a difference. And, and at that point, it looked like you were possibly witnessing a full-on collapse by the Orlando Magic, but they do get a couple of key plays, including a Cole Anthony three, and then Bancaro with a counter-offensive. I think he scored five straight there to really steady the ship for Orlando, and the Hornets couldn't make enough plays down the stretch, uh, despite Kelly Oubre knocking down a couple of timely threes. Uh, issues all over the place, rebounding-wise, and, and they crept back up in the fourth quarter as well. So I want to dig in to, to some of these performances by the young guys. Because again, I mentioned Mark Williams. He finishes the game 13 points, only seven rebounds, three turnovers, only one block shot. And that block shot came very early in the game. In fact, it was on the first defensive possession. No steals, five of seven from the field, only seven shot attempts. We'll dig into that. But Kai Jones, one of three for two points. Bryce McGowan's 0 of three for one point. What's going on there? We'll talk about that more coming up uh, in the uh, second segment. But first, got to tell you about our friends at Nissan. Nissan wants me to tell you about the most electric player of the week. And uh, it's brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. And I got to give it uh, to Mark Williams. I still think, you know, He's been one of the most electric players for the Charlotte Hornets so far this week, even without LaMelo Ball. You know, the, some of the blocks that he's making on these three-point shots, making Giannis-like strides to block shots in the corner, even though he's behind the play. I mean, his performances have been steady Eddie. You know, it's not 20 and 18 every night. But look, you know, he's fiercely elegant. He's brilliantly fierce. He's stunningly powerful. Yeah, he needs a little bit more physicality, sure, but it's his elegance that really stands out on some of these block shots when he's moving and shaking. And, I mean, some of these layups that he's putting in where, you know, he can just use his length to get a little a layup from, you know, five feet out. It's, it's pretty crazy. Uh, so here's the deal. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin you to your seat power and premium intelligence all in one EV. The all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. The EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. More Locked On Hornets coming up in just a moment. This is Locked On Hornets. And just that I showed any kind of vulnerability, well, yeah, I just, think not is just going to jump You are over. the gazelle limping yeah. through the African <laughs> safari. I'm in the mud. I'm in, I'm in some sticky yeah, mud. You are the hippo stuck in the mud. <laughs> yes, yes. And I'm about to just get destroyed by Nas. Or by Nas. <laughs> by Nas. By Nas. <laughs> He's going to come out with me a rap battle. <laughs> it's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Back here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Thanks so much for making us your first listen every day. Did want to dig down into some of these stats that we got from this game, a particularly difficult performance for some of the baby bees. And I really thought this was one of the worst performances we've seen 
from that set of players who is getting they're getting more opportunities right now because LaMelo Ball's out, because Cody Martin remains out. He hasn't been declared out for the season, but it sure does feel like we're not going to see much of Cody Martin the rest of the way. And then you add to that P.J. Washington still dealing with this foot strain that's opened up opportunities for Kai Jones and Bryce McGowan specifically, and then Mark Williams obviously uh, solidly in the starting role. And, and, you know, Mark Williams, somebody that has impressed people with his offensive ability to clean up plays. And I thought, you know, of the, of those 13 points, most of that was on janitorial duty. He was cleaning things up because, honestly, without LaMelo Ball, it has been very difficult to get Mark Williams the ball in places where he can be successful. The only way he's been able to do that is because Terry Rozier, Kelly Oubre, really driving and drawing attention. And if they miss, then Mark Williams is in a perfect opportunity to clean things up. But other than that, I think Gordon Hayward had one nice pass to Mark, a little pocket pass that got him open underneath. But everything else has been super difficult. And they are not going to run the offense through Mark Williams. I, that's just, it doesn't seem like that's in the cards. You know, they're not going to set up many post opportunities for Mark Williams that's not on some kind of pick and roll play. Okay. That's just, that's not the way they're going to run this offense. Maybe that develops sometime in the future. Maybe a pick and pop game develops for him sometime in the future. But right now, Mark Williams, it's all about the pick and roll. And, you know, frankly, they're, they're not running him enough with DSJ where I feel like he's going to get enough of those opportunities, except for the occasional. But, I mean, you look, there were multiple plays where either Kelly was looking to get on the ball or Terry was looking to get on the ball, and the passes just aren't as clean. They're not as crisp. They're not as on target. And if you're Mark Williams, yes, you know, you've got that, you've got that length where you can maybe get to a basketball that maybe, you know, somebody that doesn't have that wingspan could get to a bad pass that maybe you can get to, but it just takes you a little bit out of rhythm. And then all of a sudden the defense has an opportunity to react and it makes it much more difficult for you to score on those opportunities. So only seven attempts for Mark Williams. I think the more disturbing number though is the seven rebounds because it was Wendell Carter Jr. in that first quarter with the starters on the floor, really getting to basketballs that Mark Williams frankly, should have been getting to. It's not just on him. I think it was a full team effort to allow that many offensive rebounds, 13 total for the Orlando Magic. They finished with 20 second chance points. Yes, the Hornets had 17, but the Hornets to win games have to win that battle, that second chance points battle, handily because they just don't have that shooting from the mellow ball that can bail them out if they don't get those second chance points and they don't win that battle. So Mark Williams, it's been the story for him really all season. Got to do a better job of showing a little bit more physicality, hitting first. This is all stuff that I'm not the only one saying this. This is Steve Clifford evaluating his own team too, saying, you know, they, they didn't do a good job of that. It's not just on Mark. Uh, but look, you're always going to look to that center, and especially when it's the other center, Wendell Carter Jr., gobbling up five offensive rebounds. You know <clears throat> that you're going to look at that. You're going to look at the the opposing center and say what happened there. And you know I, I think there were some issues for Mark Williams in that department. Okay, let's move on to Kai Jones. Again, gets 13 minutes in this game, one of three from the field, five personal fouls. For Kai Jones, the dunk that he had in transition, 
gives you all the hope in the world that he has like crazy athleticism, crazy length. He can guard Kevin Durant one-on-one and actually contest his shot like he did against Phoenix. There are all these things you look at Kai Jones, and this is how I feel. I feel like he can't be a bust. Like guys that are built like that, they just, they can't, with that kind of energy, with that kind of intensity, when you come out, they can't be a bust. And yet, you see these games and you go, where, you know, the the IQ, is it ever going to develop where he stays out of foul trouble, where he makes winning plays, where he's, because he's fouling because he's behind defensively. You know, he's not, he's not fouling. These aren't like, you know, the part of the, part of this is IQ about like not understanding not to foul. I mean, there was a particular transition play where he gets a hand in there when again, he's fully behind the play. Like it's not, you don't need to foul. And there were so many by, by the entire team, really slap fouls uh, that were and one opportunities because they weren't, the fouls weren't hard enough. And, and the fouls were afterthoughts, you know, it was, oops, I messed up a foul. You know, it, it wasn't a situation where you were actually fouling to stop a play because this is, team really isn't physical enough to do that. Uh, I, I'm being super harsh. And I, I guess, you know, th- I think a lot of people will look at this game and go, well, yeah, I mean, you know, record wise, Orlando's better, uh, and the Charlotte Hornets should not have won this game and really aren't talented enough to win this game. But at the same time, I think this was an effort level that we really haven't seen from this team in terms of how low it was. Because you look, look, uh, they committed, uh, Orlando committed 18 turnovers for 20 total team turnovers for 27 points. Like you get a quarter's worth of points off of Orlando's turnovers. I think you have to do a little bit better than they did in this game, being down 22 at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Uh, but Kai Jones not getting many offensive opportunities because of that. Bryce McGowan's, I've criticized the team before. I've criticized Terry Rozier and Kelly Oubre for not looking for Bryce. But in this one, I think Bryce passed up a couple of good looks and then missed all of his jump shots. You know, at some point, Bryce McGowan's has to hit a couple of jump shots because that's going to, if he hits those first two jump shots that he missed, that's going to fuel the team to look for him more. That's going to fuel his confidence. But 0 of 3 from the field, it's not a good look for Bryce McGowan's. You have to get some of that offensive firepower that we've seen from him in, in his college work and then I think was was sort of promised that he could be a microwave type of offensive player. Uh, just didn't see that in this game. A little worrisome, I think. One point, did have five rebounds, uh, but really was sort of absent for most of the way. And this is an important time for the Charlotte Hornets young players because they're getting this opportunity. And look, P.J. Washington is coming back. And when P.J. comes back, that's probably bye-bye Kai back to the G League. Um, If Cody Martin returns, that's bye-bye Bryce. And honestly, with Svee playing the way he did, Svee might get some more minutes soon too, and that might mean less time for Bryce. The bottom line is, especially for Bryce, like the team believes in Bryce. And I think the team is going to be patient with Kai Jones. But the rest of the way, I think these are important opportunities for them to take advantage of to get a little bit of a head start going into this offseason as the Hornets reevaluate their entire lineup and, and try to decide uh, whether or not they want to move forward on certain players or, or where those players stand in the rotation because you have an important draft coming up too. And look, if you land uh, Victor Wembanyama, that's going to have effects on Kai Jones. If you land a Scoot Henderson, 
uh, that could, or, or a Brandon Miller, uh, then all of a sudden that's going to have some effects on Bryce McGowan's as well. So uh, I think all of these guys have to really take advantage of the opportunities that are coming up and hopefully they will. All right. Coming up on the locked on Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. What did we learn from this week? It was a week in which LaMelo fractured his right ankle and missed, uh, was going to miss the rest of the season, but missed two games. And so we've had uh, some time to glean some more on the lamello Hornets. I'll tell you more about what we learned in just a moment. But first, but first, got to tell you about Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all of the fat and calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. What makes Built Bars so dang good? Well, for starters, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right. None of this fake chocolate stuff. None of this mocklate. We're talking about real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. Like, I'm not sure how Bill does it, but these bars taste like a legitimate candy bar while maintaining amazing stats. Stats for your body, stats for your health. And what's even better... They're healthy, super healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. But now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head into your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in, grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. More Locked On Hornets ahead. We're going to be talking about what we learned. This is Locked On Hornets. And which, what, what I have liked to see a few more shards. Shards? No, I would not have. Only on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What we learned this week here on the Locked On Hornets podcast, uh, we learned that uh, LaMelo Ball uh, really doesn't have any luck in the world. I mean, it's crazy. Three sprains on his left ankle and then a fracture to his right ankle. uh, And this comes after a a wrist injury derailed a rookie season. I did win rookie of the year, uh, but it derailed that rookie season that was looking to be even more fantastic. Uh, so yeah, injury issues with LaMelo Ball. We kind of have to see all, how all of that shakes out, but now he gets a chance to get fully healthy and we get to learn a little bit more about what this team is and isn't without him. And the fact is uh, they've really struggled offensively without him. That's not like a huge surprise, especially when you take into consideration that they're missing P.J. Washington, a player that they depended on pretty heavily to take some of that offensive load. I mean, he was the player that was scoring 25 points out of nowhere when they were missing LaMelo Ball earlier in the season. You're going, whoa, where did that come from? Well, now they're missing that too. And that means that a lot of the offensive load has gone on to, you know, Terry Rozier and Kelly Oubre. And I think we learned that when those two guys – get into takeover mode, when they start to feel that pressure, that sometimes that can mean good things like it did 
tonight uh, against the Orlando Magic when you get 29 points from Kelly Oubre. But sometimes, even in the same game, it can also mean bad things, like when Terry Rozier turned the basketball over and made a couple of key mistakes in the fourth quarter. Having LaMelo's playmaking skills and his three-point shooting that can draw defenses out, make it a little bit tougher for teams to guard the Hornets, is crucial. You can look at how Orlando played defense tonight. They were taking all kinds of chances defensively. They were blitzing Terry Rozier. They were double teaming. Uh, they, they were taking chances in passing lanes. They knew they could do that. This is the important takeaway here. They knew they could do that because they knew that that would mean forcing Terry Rozier to make tough passes. It would mean forcing Kelly Oubre to pass at all. It would mean, you know, forcing DSJ to do a little bit more than he's comfortable with. Uh, maybe even forcing DSJ to shoot a little bit more. So all of these things, all of these things that you try to really kind of hide by having LaMelo Ball dominate the ball as much as he does, all of that things, all of those things, teams have now decided, okay, well, actually, we can just exploit that. And, and I don't think that that's going to really change you know, I think the Hornets are going to have opportunities to win basketball games down the stretch because, you know, as we get closer to the playoffs, teams are going to take rest nights. They're, they're you know, they're going to give the Hornets plenty of opportunities uh, to to win basketball games. But um, the Hornets are going to still have to continue to figure out a way to generate enough offense. It was interesting to hear Steve Clifford, who two nights ago said, or two games ago, I should say, said, look. This team's not going to score 135 points. After the game tonight, he said, look, this team's not going to score 125 points. <laughs> I don't know. You know, look, maybe maybe he just keeps going down and down. He's just going to continue to lower the bar. Look, this team's not going to score 95 points. No, I mean, they scored 106 in this game. But I think, as I said in a previous episode, they're really capped out at 115, honestly, I think. I think that Steve Clifford's still got one rung that, that he can go down because I really can't imagine because it's not about it's not like you're you're losing LaMelo's 22 and you can't you know or 22 or 23 a game and you can't like replace that with another player. Look, Kelly stepped up, you know, and, and is scoring probably 10 more points per game than he was normally scoring off the bench, right? So like you you can get there with a couple of players, but it's really what he opens up with his playmaking, with his passing making things easier for a guy like, you know, you're talking about five extra points for Mark Williams. You're talking about Terry Rozier probably being a little more efficient offensively because he's not taking as many shots and not having to generate as much of his own offense. And also that's going to lead to more winning just because I think Terry Rozier is best as a shooter in the fourth quarter instead of this guy who's taking it to the rim by himself early in the shot clock. Uh, I, I don't know that that's the best version of Terry Rozier that we were seeing in this game against the Orlando Magic. So that's what we learned this week. It was a tough week for Hornets basketball, but, uh, you know, the, the, the tough game for the Baby Bees, but that just means that they have an opportunity to bounce back and play, you know, even better. They've got nowhere to go but up at this point. And look, you know, this was a team in the Orlando Magic that was one rung above them in the Eastern Conference. I feel pretty confident now to say uh, that 
this Hornets team is in no danger of catching the Orlando Magic. And the only way I think they would shift up into the fifth uh, worst record in the NBA is if another team just absolutely cratered, suffered multiple injuries, and the Hornets were able to get you know a few wins here and there. Uh, that that would put them over that team, but I, I just don't. Th- I think they're really settled in at that fourth spot. Maybe even you know if if this li- if this losing uh, if this team really sort of gives up, uh, which I don't expect, but it could happen if they do that. You know, then they could challenge maybe for the third worst odds. But honestly, third, fourth, the the percentages are marginal. You know, I think that this team should still be focused on playing good basketball because you don't want, again, Kai Jones, Bryce McGowan's, you don't want them to put up this level of play for the rest of the season. We'll see how it all turns out. Walker Mail is going to rejoin me next week. Uh, should be a good week because we are going to dig down into some more draft coverage. I'm getting my draft prep ready to go on every hornetsboxscore.com. If you haven't subscribed there, uh, please do. You can subscribe for free, uh, but if you give me a few bucks, uh, you can dig into my game notes, and then I'm going to be doing a lot of stuff around the draft that will be only for the paid subscribers. Uh, you guys keep me uh, doing this uh, really around the clock, and and I appreciate it as always. Uh, but we also appreciate you supporting this show that is always free. Thanks for making Locked on Hornets your first listen today. Now make your second listen game-to-game NBA every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked on game-to-game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked on can deliver. Follow game-to-game on Locked on NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. For Walker, I'm Doug saying go Hornets, go America. We'll get them next time. Let's swarm Charlotte.